Introducing Wondersuite from Bluehost.com. Website creation is hard, but now with Bluehost, you can answer a few simple questions about your business and get a unique WordPress website or store right away. From there, you can customize your design, colors, and content. And Bluehost automatically helps you get found in search engines like Google and Bing. From step-by-step guidance to suggested plugins, Bluehost makes WordPress wonderful for everyone. Go to bluehost.com slash wondersuite. Hey, Dave. Yeah, Randy. Since we founded Bombas, we've always said our socks, underwear, and T-shirts are super soft. Any new ideas? Maybe sublimely soft. Or disgustingly cozy. Wait, what? I got it. Bombas. Absurdly comfortable essentials for yourself and for those facing homelessness. Because one purchased equals one donated. Wow, did we just write an ad? Yes. Bombus. Big comfort for everyone. Go to bombus.com slash ACAST and use code ACAST for 20% off your first purchase. Welcome to the Jack and Joe Show. We talk about property, business, and everything in between. Hosted by Jack Heskin Taylor and Joe McCarthy. Sharing the stories of entrepreneurs, property investors, and our journey to health, wealth, and happiness. Welcome to another episode of the Jack and Joe Show with me, Jack Eskin Taylor. And me, Joe McCarthy. How is everyone doing? Hope you're all well. Today we're gonna to talk about our journey so far and what sort of happened last year and you know, talk about service accommodation, deal sourcing. And, and basically how everything's gone for us so far and just sort of give our give our opinion on how things have gone and give our advice on, on the lessons we've learned. Yeah, exactly. Like so much has happened in the last like six, seven months has been unbelievable. Yes. It's been such a learning curve for both of us and we'd love to share this knowledge of our experiences throughout the past six months with you, the listeners. So do be sure to stay tuned because we have a very, very interesting episode ahead of us. So um, the first thing we were going to talk about was service accommodation. So Jack, how do you feel it went? The last six months in service accommodation, from a beginner's point of view, how do you feel it went? So it went really well, because Liverpool's quite saturated in the city centre for one and two beds. We decided to go for large properties on the outskirts, so you know between five and ten minute drive into the city centre. Yeah. Uh, one is Anfield and one is in Dingle. So one's a three-bedroom house, one's a four-bedroom flat. We tried to accommodate for larger groups. Now, obviously, we get more money for a Saturday night when we're taking much much bigger groups, especially if we can get six contractors in in a week and they've all got their own bed as well. Mm. We can charge a bit more money than yeah. the two three-bed apartments in the city centre. What's come along with that is that you know the types of the types of people that we're getting booking, you know, contractors, and and we are attracting the party crowd on the weekend. So. It has resulted in more maintenance. Mm. However, the large property that's a four bed that sleeps a decent amount of people, we get some really, really good bookings for that, some really good bookings. Mm. And that deal is investor funded as well. And I'm, I'm very, very confident that that investor is going to be very happy with how that deal is going, even in this down season now. Well, yeah, it's performing pretty well. It's performing the best of all three so far. Yeah. Um, yeah, it is a nice and in a good area and all the rest. And, uh, yeah, I mean, it's just the type of market that Liverpool is. It's very seasonal. It's not like it's, say, London, where you get lots of more corporate clients. You're going to be okay during the week weekdays in London. Yeah. No problem. Even Birmingham, I suppose, parts of Birmingham. You'll have more, kind of, more of a corporate environment, more corporate location. Whereas Liverpool is more your weekend crowds and your contractors, if you can get the contractors in, 
during the week. So um, yeah, the weekdays are a challenge, but the weekends do seem to do seem to work, no problem. Um, the one thing we did find with having the kind of the the capacity to provide for bigger crowds is that because it becomes more you know more attracts more kind of the party crowd that we've had more noise complaints from the neighbors haven't we yeah and definitely. our first deal our first deal um here's some tips for you guys if you're looking for a deal you want to you want to find out what the actual area is like in terms of the demographics so say like if you're in a residential area where there's a lot of a lot of homeowners um you know a lot of owner occupiers and uh, do you know one of them type of areas where everyone's just you know it's a mature area like the last thing they're going to want is an airbnb popping up right next door to them you know um depending of course like especially if you're attracting bigger crowds um so you really have to bear that in mind if you're in say more of a city center if you're in like say the city center where it's an apartment block where a lot like a whole floor of the apartments is all run on service accommodation then the chances are you're not going to have as many problems, are you? You know, because you've only got Airbnbs as, as your neighbour, you know? So it kind of, it lends itself like that. Um, if you're looking to sort of check out and find that sort of research on a property or a deal that you're looking at, a website that me and Joe found really useful is a street check. Mm-hmm. So you can actually see like the crime rates in the area. If you click on housing, you can actually see how many houses in that street are owned with a mortgage, owned outright, rented through the council. And it's it's really good as well. It's re- really useful, isn't it, Joe? Yeah, definitely is. Uh, it give you uh, kind of a, a good overview of the demographics in the area. Very easy to follow. It's colour-coded. It gives you like a, a pie chart and it divides it up nicely. So it gives you more of a feel for, for what type of uh, people are living in that area. So yeah. definitely something to consider before you actually sign that contract. Yeah, definitely. Yeah. <laughs> I wish we had checked. Yeah. We had found that before we started looking at our first deal. But this is the thing, like, we still got that deal. And the thing about it is I still wouldn't change the fact that we got it because yeah. we have learned so much just from that one deal that yeah. the skills we've learned, the knowledge, the experience, the ups and the downs, having all that just from that one deal, has, it's, it's just it has been a serious learning curve. So don't regret it. We could have done it so much better. Yeah. And um, we could have done a lot more due diligence. But I mean, it's one of those things when you're at the start, you just you want to jump in, yeah, don't you? You yeah. want to get your foot on the ladder. Yeah, exactly that. Get your foot on the ladder. And I mean, it, it's cash flowed for us. It, it, it's still cash flowed for us. It's not like we haven't, we haven't lost any money on it or anything. It's it's just the type of deal that we've gone for. You know, it, it, it's come with a bit of baggage. So with reference to the, the residential area that we're in, um, We've had quite a few noise complaints and obviously attracting larger groups, you know, we expected that. Mm. So what we've done, probably not what everyone would want to do, but me and Joe did go round to all the neighbours, sort of like five or ten doors up from, from either direction and knocked. If we didn't get an answer, we posted a letter with our details explaining mm. the measures that we were taking to yeah, make like, sure that didn't happen again and noise complaints weren't going to be as much of an issue going forward. It's like they can phone us, like if, if anything happens, if there's any issues, they have us. And why is it important for them to, to phone us instead of, like, say, phone the landlord or the council? Because exactly. we're, yeah. we're, we're going to be, yeah, you know, we'd rather them coming to us. One of the other things that we found really, really helpful with our service accommodation units that we've got at the moment is the cleaning company that we've got. They actually found one of our leaflets that we were 
putting around Liverpool and the construction sites to try and attract contractors from Monday to Friday bookings. And they contacted those, said they were cleaning some service accommodation already. So they got in touch with us and we basically met them and they were really, really good. They're like a small to medium sized company. There's about five to six of them and it works really, really well. They're really good, really reliable. And they'll also go that extra mile as well. So obviously they're still growing their business as well and they're hungry for more work, aren't they, Joe? Yeah, 100%. Um, the first company that we had, um, they were just a bit too big. And with big yeah. companies, you have more overheads. Um, I think they have something like 150 cleaners around Liverpool. And just with that, you know, you're paying, you're paying not just the cleaner who's coming in to clean, who's been contracted by the company, but you're also paying like the company's overhead. So I think we're paying like, you know, we're, we're paying 52, 50 a clean. It was. Yeah. Yeah. And the cleans weren't really kind of as, you know, we, we got great. Yeah, you know? yeah. <laughs> so, um, but that's a learning. You got to trial these things out. You've got to trial these things yeah. out. You know, yeah. you don't, you just got to get one. And if it doesn't work, change it. So that's what we did. And we're very, very happy with the cleaners that we have now. They're yeah. absolutely phenomenal. You know, they really are. And yeah, appreciate having them. Like, I'm so glad they actually rang us. I know, yeah. <laughs> I don't know what we'd do without them, to be honest. They're, they're honestly, because we, we didn't want to go for a smaller a smaller company, you know, maybe one or two cleaners, because we were worried about being let down. Mm -hmm. But when they told us that, you know, they did have a couple of other girls available and they were all taking on more people and looking yeah. to grow their business, that was when we were like, Okay, exactly. let's work with these, yeah. So they're like it seems like they're at that level where they do want to expand themselves. Yeah. So obviously as a startup themselves, they're gonna to wanna, to, you know, make their mark, have their unique selling point on the market and go that extra mile for their clients. Because that's what's going to expand any business really, isn't it? Yeah. Having that going that extra mile and being able to expand and, you know, grow like that. You need to have that kind of that drive and want for want to show that good service to others. Deal sourcing. Yeah, yeah, deal, deal sourcing, how, how it's gone and what we think of it. Yeah, yeah. yeah. So um, we've been to, uh, took a while to get us up and going on that with compliance and all that, but we got yeah, there. Yeah, yeah, we got, we got there. Yeah. It's, um, yeah, a few little bits and bobs. And yeah. How much did we spend just to give someone an idea of uh, someone's it was, set up? It was around a grand, just oh, over grand, a grand. Yeah. Just over a grand altogether. So, um, yeah, I mean, you get, you get through it, like, you know, it's, it's not bad at all. Definitely have a look at, is it Tina Walsh? Tina Walsh has yeah, a very yeah. good book out in the yeah, How to Get Property Compliant. Yeah. A uh, very good book. She goes through a lot of the uh, a lot of like everything basically. Everything. And starting to source deals, so what comes first? You know, is it the chicken or the egg? I've heard someone say that before. You know, do you go out and find the deals first? Do you do you try and build your investor database? <laughs> um what comes first? What do you do? It is you know, it's hard to get investors on board when you haven't sourced any deals. Mm. And it's hard to source deals when you haven't got any investors ready to buy the deals. So yeah. You can see how people get a bit stuck and frustrated over time, definitely. One thing that um, somebody said to us was from, from day one, try and build your investor database and at least tell them what type of deals you're looking for yeah. and what type of deals you're going to try and find and would they be of interest to them. That's exactly, sort of yeah. And what we do as well with our investors we work with, we kind of have a questionnaire just to find out exactly what they want, you know, um, find out what a good deal is to them, you know, what type of deals they're looking for. They're kind of, we can kind of judge then their risk tolerance. We go to various networking events. We meet a lot of investors and find out exactly what they want in terms of returns, type of properties, type of deals, just really getting into their end goals. Like what is a good deal to them? Yeah. And 
obviously we're looking at different exits as well and looking at safeguarding things and all the rest which is I think every every deal sourcer should be doing that they should have at least two exits in any yeah. deal at least two exits you know yeah. so that you're safe you need to safeguard yourself don't you yeah um if you're starting to look for deals i would definitely recommend sticking to off the market the only the only time we've sourced deals on the market is when we've done source to order so when an investor's come to us and said i'm looking for a property 90k or under rents for 550 a month minimum free bed semi-detached in mm. liverpool that is the only time that we would go out and source a deal on the market because mm. when it's on the market if it is a good deal you've got to move fast and if it's on the market loads of other people are looking at it as well investors and owner occupiers as well you mm. really really are up against it when you're sourcing on the market deal so i wouldn't recommend it unless you had some sort of deposit or commitment fee off your investor and he'd give you a criteria of exactly what he wanted mm. then i would yeah fair dues i would i would look for on the market deals but if if you potentially you know you've got a couple of investors who might take a deal or you know roughly what they're looking for and you and you've had that conversation with them i would focus your time on off the markets because off the market is when you're going to have a little bit more time to arrange what investor you're going to use mm. Make sure that they've got the mortgage agreement principle or if they're buying cash. Obviously, it depends on your circumstances. Mm. But if you're sourcing, I would focus on off the market. I really, really would. I'd focus yeah. on off the market. I wouldn't, not that it's a waste of time, but you, you need to have a good relationship with your, with your investor if you're going to source on the market deals. Yeah, yeah, I agree. And uh, so basically, like when you're looking for these investors, like how do you find the investors? How do they find you? What do we do? in order to get in contact with these investors? Networking, networking, social media, referrals. A couple of people that have come to us so far that we've, we've sourced for yeah. have been referrals like, and, and once they were referred to us, there wasn't any doubt or many questions that they had. They were quite confident in using us and after one or two phone calls, they were, they were happy to go ahead and happy to pay a deposit and and happy to, to go, go with our source to order package that we had to offer. So basically in order to get that source to order investor, we had to get the referral. In order to get the referral, people had to know what we did. And how people knew what we did was by getting out there, going to networking events, sharing what we're doing on social media, yeah. and just, just being visible. Just really just being visible. Mm -hmm. You know, yeah. it's very important, yeah. especially in today's like, in today's like, business the way the world everyone's on social media these days it's like if you think about it how often do people sit down and actually watch tv like i mean years ago that's what we did yeah we used to go to we used to go to work and we'd come home get a bit of food sit down watch the tv for a few hours now most of us are going out going to work coming home are we on our laptops, on our phones? Like, we don't really watch TV much. Like, I, I mean, you might watch Netflix, but that's not Netflix? really... Yeah, might, that, that's, that's, that's all I do, yeah, watch Netflix. Yeah, like Netflix isn't even TV, is it? It's uh, internet, everything's on the internet these days. I've got a talk talk box when I got all Wi-Fi and I've yeah. never even plugged it in. Have you not? <laughs> <laughs> it's just left in the box. Yeah. Just put Netflix on and away we went. Yeah, yeah, that's the way forward. Like, I mean, I haven't, I can't remember the last time I've actually sat down to watch something on TV. Do you remember the days when you used to get like a TV guide? You get it with your Sunday newspaper, <laughs> and you'd have the TV guide inside of it, and you'd be looking and waiting for what 
like waiting. Oh, are you that old? <laughs> <laughs> I don't remember that. So. <laughs> you know, hopefully some of the listeners here will remember them days <laughs> when you'd come home and you'd see something like uh, Friends would be on at seven pm on BBC Two or something I like do. that. I think I, I think I remember it as a kid. Yeah. Wow, I'm really showing my age now. Yeah, <laughs> yeah but that's it. Like you know, everything's on demand now. Uh, so yeah. <laughs> Just get yourself out there, get yourself visible. So if you are deal sourcing or you know, you're looking to set up a deal sourcing company, I would really think about what your what your end goals are. Joe there was Joe that said this before and said it was a good topic to touch on. And I really think it is, you know, what why are you starting to deal source? Or why are you setting up a deal sourcing company? Is it because you want to raise enough cash to then invest yourself? Is it because you want to start the business and have a healthy cash flow from that and you're gonna focus on that? I mean if you're looking to invest yourself, potentially sourcing a really good deal and finding a JV partner is a much quicker way to get to that goal. If you want to invest yourself, I'd maybe you know deal sourcing is not easy. It, it you know it's full time and it's hard. I wouldn't. It's not for the faint hearted. No, it's definitely not. And again, getting back down to your end goals and why you got into business in the first place was it to get out of your full time employment. Was it to create the life, like financial freedom so you can travel the world? You know, you need to know these things, your reasons why, because if you don't, when tough times happen, it's going to be easy, a lot easier for you to step away if a hurdle or a roadblock comes. But if you know your reasons why you started in the first place and know them and really know them, like in your heart, like, and you really feel the reasons why you started business, then whenever these challenges come up, it'll be a lot easier to push through them because we've had so much challenges. You know, we've had, we've had a lot of challenges, and we've just over we've we've overcome them. But it is yeah. it isn't it isn't an easy path, but the rewards are there, and we can see we can we're starting to to really get a feel for what it takes to make it in business. You know, and it's it's like it just takes so much work. Just to sort of wrap up on the deal sourcing, really, what me and Joe wanted to sort of give our feedback and let everyone know exactly what we're doing now and why. So we spent a lot of time with investors and a, and a lot of time looking at deals, you know, packaging deals and sending them on to investors and and not getting not getting many bites on what we thought were really good deals and then getting quite frustrated that somebody else was back, you know, I actually spoke to somebody on the phone. They were like, "Oh yeah, my mate bought that that property, the shop with the you know the yeah, yeah, yeah. net above. It's going to be a seven bed HMO." And I'm sitting in my chair like, "Oh, I knew that was a deal. Yeah. <laughs> I knew that was a deal. I missed that one." Yeah. Um. So basically, what what we've sort of focused on now is the investors that are coming to us. We're explaining that you know we we are busy and to source a deal does take a lot of time. So we're focusing on source to order. So like Joe touched on before. We send them out the questionnaire, we go over exactly what they're looking for, and if they are ready to invest and they're ready to pull the trigger, we can sit down with them, sort of, as Joe would say, reverse engineer it, and mm. sort of track backwards from what the end goal is that they want out of the deal, and then we can sort of work out what sort of purchase price and refurb costs are going to be, and then we can sort of pinpoint some real areas that there's going to be houses that we can get for that price. So yeah. we know exactly what's going to happen and, and in what area, basically, with the deal. Exactly, yeah. We want to make it kind of a bespoke service, really, for our investors. Um, seeing as our time is limited as well, like, we can't take on we can't, we can't can't take on everyone. So 
we can only take on you know a certain amount but yeah. we do do such a detailed deal on it um, and like we're basically the feet on the ground for the investor fully hands off we work with overseas investors people from london down south uh, we're looking to invest up here in liverpool yeah. So um, that's just that's one aspect we're like basically packaging deals like that. Yeah, yeah, that that's the best way that we found. With reference to the the source to order, one of the things that we found really helpful is once we get that commitment fee or you know a, a deposit off an investor, what we do then is we absolutely hammer the direct vendor. So we do leaflets once we've identified them areas. We do leaflet drops, direct vendor letters that me and Joe hand sign. We just print them off in bulk. And we also actually do social media ads as well. So we target certain age groups and certain areas looking for that right deal. So we, we absolutely hammer the marketing for it. And that's how we can do the source to order so so successfully. If anyone's got any questions about that as well, just, just give me or Joe a shout, just drop us a message. Um, I mean, we're not branding ourselves as, as um, industry experts, but we've learned quite a lot so far within the yeah. six months we've been doing it so we'll just share our knowledge what we yeah. have learned in our experience we'll share all our knowledge as much as we can yeah um, and then another thing with reference to, to sort of sharing our knowledge we've also set up World Property Network so we're actually looking to meet other property investors that they can share their knowledge yeah. with us as well so Jack where is the world for people who are listening who are not sure where the world is because it's one thing I had no idea even existed until I moved to Liverpool <laughs> <laughs> So if you, if you go to Liverpool and you go down to the dock and you go to, say, the live buildings and you look across the Mersey, so it's Wallasey, Birkenhead, they're probably, Birkenhead's probably the most heard of area in the Wirral. Mm. And there's lots of development going on there as well. So Liverpool Waters that's, that's currently ongoing, Wirral's actually got their own version of that called Wirral Waters. Spoke to a couple of local agents and property investors as well, and apparently that has been in the pipeline for years, but work has now started. Some aspects of it have already been built. There's actually a small college building that's already been built. And if you drive past there now, there's loads of diggers and machines going up and down, clearing rubble and, and, and getting the site prepped. Basically, loads of signs and development information yeah. you've been, on, on, online. And you've been living on the world all your life, haven't you, Jack? Yeah, yeah. Lived in Wallasey, born in Wallasey, um, and now live in Birkenhead as well. So, yeah, I know all them areas very, very well. Very well. Brilliant. So, yeah, the, the World Property Network is just dead casual, just once a month. We meet up, we don't charge for tickets or anything, we just push it out on social media. And yeah, yeah, it's, we've had a, a good turnout, so I'm surprised at how many people have come that I didn't know. Yeah, no, it's great little network. It's, mm -hmm. it's very casual, like you said. It is just, you know, a good network of people that were property professionals, people looking to start in property, mm -hmm. everyone and anyone really. You know, yeah. it's a very casual, a couple of drinks in a bar, so... Yeah, it's yeah, really, for it's us really good and it's really helpful, <laughs> isn't it? It's been really helpful for us, isn't it? No, it's been good yeah. now, yeah. yeah. So make sure to check out our future episodes as well. Our previous episodes, we talked with a lot of industry experts, people who are experts in their field regarding property, and there's been some tips shared there, which I've never heard before, even on yeah. like any other podcast or anything on social media. I haven't heard it before, so make sure to check them out. Another episode that's going to come out soon is... Another one of me and Joe talking about mindset and health. Now, with reference to the accountability that, that Joe's give me since we've been working together is unbelievable. And, and one thing that Joe's really, really good at is mindset and like miracle morning and setting yourself goals and actually sticking to them. So Joe's been a really, really big help, help for me with that. I don't think I would have done any of that if I hadn't met him. 
So I'd definitely recommend giving that a listen. That'll be out soon. And uh, I think Joe will be, be leading that podcast. Yeah, no problem at all. Um, it's about structure and really breaking down your day. Like, I mean, just really diving deep into the reasons why, you know, structuring your day. How do you stay positive through the, the tough times? How to structure your day? What's worked for me? What give you energy? What give you that drive and ambition and just really really kind of supercharge your business success so i'm going to be diving deep into that and um yeah just all the proper practices that the top world elite people that are in business they're doing these things they're doing them on a regular basis you don't even think about it it's just it's a habit and it's a high performance habit that's going to actually bring you a lot fa- a lot closer to your goals a lot faster so i'll be diving deep into that in a future episode make sure to stay tuned to it yeah, I'm really looking forward to that, Joe. It's been really, really helpful with me for that. Don't forget to subscribe if you're watching on YouTube or if you're listening to the podcast. Please leave us a review. Honest opinions, please. Any feedback is uh, greatly appreciated, good or bad. Yeah, any questions, feel free to reach out. We're on social media. We're on Facebook, LinkedIn, Instagram. Check us out. Thanks very much for listening. Thank you. See you. See you later. Bye. Bye. We talk about property, business, and everything in between. Hosted by Jack Heskin-Taylor and Joe McCarthy. Sharing the stories of entrepreneurs, property investors, and our journey to health, wealth, and happiness.